Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freer versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. This week we have one of my favourite AFL footballers joining me, Caleb Daniel. He's easily one of the most recognisable names in the league, not just because of the characters become, but the premier accolades he's collected over his six years at the elite level. He's coming fresh off an All-Australian as a flag to his name from the incredible 2016 Doggies Premiership, a story that he gives us plenty of insight into that I had no idea about. Speaking of being in awe, nothing gets me more up and about than seeing this bloke on a halfback flank absolutely ripping a 45 into the corridor. Cal is just a genuine superstar on and off the field. He's modest and he's a genuine guy that's had a journey littered with naysayers that he's left in the rearview mirror, which... Oh, I love. I've always wanted to know more about this great man, so it's an absolute pleasure to have him in the studio, and he did not disappoint. Join me in getting to know the man behind the helmet and hear from an underdog that never let anyone tell him no. But before we get into it, a big, big thank you to some Dylan Friends, IllyXX members on Patreon. Brandon Verd, Levi Laver, Alex Edgar, Lockie Smith, Sean Miller, and Ned Gray. Thank you so much for your love and support. It means the world and helps me take the show to the next level. So I cannot thank you enough. If you want to join the Dylan Best Friends Patreon, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends. The link will also be in the show notes. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears, tears, tears. Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the yeah. Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How this is for meditating? It's like, <laughs> they had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. It's, love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Caleb Daniel, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend. It's an honor, it's a pleasure. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be here too, <laughs> and an honour. Mate, welcome to the show. Um, this has been a long time in the making for me. I know you probably haven't known that, but 87, 88 episodes now, I reckon at about 20, I was like, goals to get on, Caleb Daniel. Really? Well, um, that's pretty special for me. Cause, it is. Yeah, 88 in the making, so happy well, days. And some would say that, as Chris Judd would say, everything is leading up to the next moment, and this is it. Now, there's two reasons why I wanted to get you on. One, because you're my favourite player. I appreciate it. Thank is that you. weird? No, nah, not at all. I'm, I'm very honoured by that. Thank you. Well, I feel a bit nervous. <laughs> uh, you are definitely my favourite player, my friend, and I, I love the way you go about it. Um, always wanted to get you on the show just to just to pick your brain. And eventually, the show is called Dylan Friends. Yep. So I was hoping that we could officially put that today. I'd love to. Yeah, Thank you. that sounds great, mate. Fantastic. Um, the other reason being we have some history. 
We do. Now, I know you listen to the show. What I like to do when there is history is talk about when we first met. Okay. Um, do you mind if I oh, I'd love you tell too. my yeah, story? Run through it. So, 2015? It was, yep. You debuted for the Western Bulldogs. You were the sub. That game, I was playing. And I remember this so vividly. I remember, you know, a young kid coming in with a helmet. You know, that wasn't normal back then. Um, not that I, I've actually, I used to wear a helmet too. So that's why it really spiked. And I had the same helmet as you. Really? So yes. it resonated a little bit. We'll get into that later. All right. But just this, I was so clearly thinking, you know, that opposition meeting that week, they're like, oh, okay, this young kid's coming in. Yep, sweet. Become a sub. So I was playing half back. So I was very into my scouting at this stage. And um, I remember you came on as a sub and Chris Yaron was there as the other half back at this stage. And I remember him going, yes, I'm taking this kid because like, you know what it's like, first gamer. Yep. That's an yeah. easy 30, 40 touches on oh, this first game. Yeah, especially for re- Chris. Especially for Chris. Yeah. He was on you for about three minutes and then you handed over to me. Yeah. After that, I think you racked up another 14 and kicked a goal in in a quarter? No, I played a half, so don't sell yourself too short. So you, what I want to say is thank you, but also you sort of put the nail on my cuff on that day. I'm not sure about <laughs> that. I, I, I vividly remember, actually, I was um, sitting on the sub and obviously you're very amped about, you know, potentially coming on and... Yep. and having a game and one of the boys had back spasms at half time so I, I did come on but I actually vividly remember you you were playing half back but you, you must have been getting quite high in, in the contest and I think you may have kicked a little left foot banana from the pocket I reckon and and I was like oh geez that that went through nicely and I, I don't know I reckon you gave it a little James Hurd over the I can't remember it I can't you know, I don't know I'm not sure if I remember that but no. yeah I now you say it I do yeah, remember yeah, it yeah, like 100%. yeah it was pretty good I think it was me Chani Church and he just couldn't stay with me but yeah now that you bring it up I do yeah definitely do remember that James Hurd just over to the crowd yes, over the top yes. of it yeah uh, so. thank you for bringing that up no man. no I really didn't think yeah. you would but I do remember that uh, so vividly man and I remember in all honesty, we're joking around, but I remember thinking, fuck, like, here's this kid who's come in. I knew nothing about you at that stage, but I knew that it hadn't been an easy road to get to where you were. And I just had nothing but respect. And I was like, fuck, like, he's come in, he's done it the hard way. But, like, I knew from then, I was like, I want to know this guy because he just doesn't give a fuck sort of thing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I reckon, you know, you come into the system and you're probably nervous about guys that you're playing on and guys that you know they're going to bash you and different things like that especially being a first year player and someone who's quite a fair bit shorter and smaller than than a lot of players but you know I didn't quite have that in my first game like I had you know you actually like said well done like congratulations on your debut and so did Chris Yaron and, and stuff like that and then um was able to play okay yeah like and we got the win which was nice but yeah you just sort of you have that highly anticipated sort of moment and, and week that you're gonna you know go out there and there's big men that are gonna bash you and stuff like that you're a 19 18 year old kid so um to have that sort of nice sort of feeling yeah. um it was pretty special so i've definitely played a role in the success in your career oh 100 yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> special words yeah it's a, man it's a funny point you bring up because i remember like just you know going back to that stage of debuting in afl and you think these things and like, I remember my first game I played. You know, when you're like your kid, you have heroes. And you're like, oh, my God, like, this guy, like, I love him so much. Yeah. And I remember my first game I played against Geelong. I won't name the guys, but, like, I just love them so much. And then after I played him, I was like, I fucking hate, why yeah. are you so mean to yeah, me, man? Like, that was really, like, yeah, that yeah. really hurt. Like, they, you know, they would have been you. a ruthless situation. I was like, I really loved you. Like, yeah. I watched you, like, win grand finals. I supported you. And now you were, like, bullying me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I can understand that as well. And, um, you know, I don't think you ever want to be that player, but when you have that sort of what Geelong would have been pretty handy you at need that the stage. Yeah, yeah, and you need to have that sort of persona that you like you don't give a fuck and yeah, you're cool 100%. with just yeah, doing whatever is gonna get you to win. So yeah, I suppose having that, but also being a good bloke mm. and, you know, giving kids credit when they come up and they're playing all right or they have a their first game is always a nice thing. hundred percent. If you go back you look back now, is there any like guys that sort of stand out your memories that you you know you had looked at and then you've come up and played against them and just given you like again it's harmless this banter because it's it's a part of the game it's fun you know it's competitiveness it's whatnot but does anything stand out of guys who were slagging your early days uh yeah i probably had geelong as well i suppose um it was probably one of my first you know five games something like that and um i went to i went to soccer ball i vividly remember it as well i went to soccer ball instead of um, picking it up and just handballing it. And I think I had a fresh area and James <laughs> Kelly was running the other way and he pretty much told me I was the weakest bloke to play <laughs> AFL footy ever. So, um, and that took me back and, um, yeah, to hear that, like a, you've obviously, he's played 300 games. Yeah, and, you take it to heart. Yeah, you, and you can't <laughs> you really not. Do. Like, yeah, you're such a young kid, so naive to it all. And, um, yeah, so I was like, whoa, wow. But, um, and then the next year he was playing for Essendon and he actually – came up and had a chat yeah, and was being course. a good bloke and yeah, yeah it's just like that completely different sort of contrasting behavior but yeah they were ruthless and so good for the time so yeah it was amazing to like have that you know you are the weakest bloke that has ever played yeah and, and you, you cop that it. yeah your yeah. verbal barrage <laughs> and then you're like i've actually had like a few hardball gets didn't you see me before yeah, like, was, yeah i picked the ball up in yeah. front of someone like they were there um, <laughs> oh, but fuck. yeah so that's probably the one that's really stuck stuck yeah. with me. I still one haunts me. Um, oh, Brendan Goddard one day and Rupert Guy since like I've met him a few times, but yeah. like, he was just saying some things to me that like I'd never heard before. And yeah, I was right. like, "That's quite hurtful, yeah. Brendan." <laughs> um, not sure yeah. what I've done to yeah. you, but like, thank you. For that. But I can't talk. You you know, I literally yeah. was quite some. Sometimes you get caught up and you say some things you regret, oh, which of course you would do. Um, mate, let's go back. I suppose. From what you've done now, as I said, mate, like it's it's incredible. All Australian Premiership player, not even halfway through your career, and I know that sometimes when you're playing, it's hard to reflect. And even if you do that, but going back to literally as a young kid, and I don't know the story of how you got picked up. I know you were picked up in the fifties, but you'd sort of won the MVP of that carnival. Talk me through, I suppose, as a growing up playing footy was the height factor something that was always there from an early age was it you know a setback was it something you actually believed in and then you got over um yeah i suppose i probably you know i was always a small kid like growing up um yeah from the age of five or six through to now pretty much so um saying that you get used to and and that sort of stuff and i was never going to be blessed with being too tall my dad's five seven and mum's pushing five foot so um yeah i was never going to be blessed with too much height but I suppose it is it's always saying that i suppose when you're a kid you try and or you tend to look at stuff that you you don't have mm. rather than um what you do and i suppose yeah like growing up you do sort of feel like a little bit strange you're always the number one because that's the smallest jersey you know you're always going up through the ranks and being the shortest kid and you know what if you know he was 10 10 centimeters taller or or whatnot so um yeah i suppose it plays a factor throughout all of your your junior career and, and stuff like that but I think um I was lucky enough for for myself being able to play a lot of footy at 
um, a younger age with men and mm. against men. And, um, you know, I played Sam for footy when I was 16 and I got South Adelaide Footy Club to thank for that. Like, they really just promoted me. I, yeah, played a couple of under-18s games and they threw me in the reserves and, and went okay there. And then they played me in the league and, um, yeah, I got a lot to, to thank them for just being able to have a pre-season with men you know, play against men and, and different things like that. So I think that really held me in good stead. And I think it's a little bit unfortunate, some footy clubs, and I think in the VFL program, it is a, there's a lot of AFL-listed players, obviously, and, and that sort of stuff. And then there's TAC Cup. And, but I think as soon as you can get exposed and you can, you know, find yourself playing against mm. men, it, it really helps your development um, coming through the ranks. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and play some state footy. I... I you know, I got picked under twelves and then under sixteens, and I I didn't play too much in the under sixteens. We had a head coach, Daryl Hart, who was really about you know big boys and big inside midfielders yeah. and and that sort of stuff. And shout out to him. Yeah, shout out, mate. Yeah, thanks. You almost ruined my career, but no, I'm only kidding. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of guys there that you know were six foot three at the time and sixteen yeah. year old kids, and I was yeah probably pushing five foot like tiny. Um, but yeah, and then you know had that sort of setback only played i think a game and maybe a half in that carnival and then uh, missed out in the first trial of under 18s um when i was 17 and they sort of said like um yeah you haven't really you know you're too short and and whatnot and um you probably won't be able to hack it with the big guys in the under 18s who are getting drafted and things like that so um yeah and then was able to play in my like, last year of under 18s and we actually won it as south australia which i was pretty stoked about and um yeah from there just sort of got drafted and yeah it's been good ride since then so that that carnival was were you mvp that carnival no 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 I, no no definitely not i only played three games okay. so in under 18s in the under 18s yeah right. so i think christian petrarco right was the MVP of that, which he deservedly was. But I actually had an ankle reconstruction sort of at the start of my draft year, um, which put me out for sort of 12 weeks, um, which is really disappointing, obviously, being a young kid going mm. through, you know, surgery and rehab and all that sort of stuff. And you are, like, really nervous about that draft year and you want to play well. You know, myself, obviously, I wasn't, you know, a top 10 pick or, or anything by any means. Like, if I was going to go, I thought maybe the rookie draft mm. at best. But, you know put your best foot forward and to like have an injury and come back and you're not even in the top leagues yet it's pretty sort of daunting but like i said for south adelaide they i had one week in the reserves after i came back and then they put, threw me in the league side yeah, which i was huge. yeah which i was stoked with and yeah and then i played some state footy as well do you think with that like i've always had this sort of thought like on reflection of my sort of career and something i've learned through just reflection i suppose like as a kid you know i was sort of i didn't have an easy run but like i probably it was just a traditional run like i was like fuck you know like i was pretty confident i'd get picked up like yep. being father son you sort of know that there's things coming yeah yeah and then i got there and i just thought it was going to work out like that you know things would just happen but i suppose like something where you know i think you would have got a lot of your grit from i'm, not, I'm assuming this but it's your point uh your story to tell is do you think like those setbacks early and like people telling you no 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 that has sort of like forged some form of like mentality where you just can't be told no yeah i suppose so i think there's a lot of a lot of guys that um yeah probably have not necessarily like setbacks and and different things like that but they may have you know people saying no and um like why would you think that which i think is ridiculous and shitty to 
tell a kid that he can't you know pursue his dream and actually mm-hmm. make it so regardless of what it is but um you know there are like people like that, that you know tall poppy syndrome and things like that you go on all right and yeah people always bring you down and stuff like that so i think there's always going to be that sort of internal drive to to prove people wrong and and that sort of stuff but yeah the little setbacks probably do they like do make you hungrier mm. and um i just know once i got drafted like the footy club was massive at just saying it doesn't matter if you're number one or you know number 200 or or whatever the draft goes to it you're there and yeah um you have a crack and see how you go pretty much and yeah i was able to do that pretty much from day dot i know you're a big fan of um basketball yeah the michael jordan documentary you loved yeah i loved it do you draw resemblance from that you know this is really looking in depth at things but i have a deep thinker yep michael jordan gets like cut from his like teams and draws reflections of like you know if he didn't get cut from them maybe he wouldn't have done what he's done is that do you sort of take some resemblance out of that too Oh, if I could be half the player he was, I'd be I'd be happy. But no, I, I suppose yeah, like he is. You know, he was a young kid and got cut, and he did just go out there and sort of say fuck you to mm. to the coach who cut him, and and then comes out and is the best player ever. So mm. I suppose there is probably that. But yeah, he's a he's a really ruthless, really ruthless yeah. winner, and um, I don't think I've got that necessarily. But yeah, I think having those sort of setbacks and having um. Yeah, people say no or, you know, naysayers and, and doubters. It really does drive you a fair bit to, yeah. to get, you know, what you want out of yourself. 100%. Going um, draft day, so you thought maybe rookie at best, um, you end up getting picked up to the dogs. What was that like? Did you have any discussion with clubs? Was anything sort of set in stone, anything guaranteed? No, nah, definitely not guaranteed. There was a few clubs, um, you know how it is. You have a couple of interviews and, or you might not. No, oh, just had one. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> uh, you have a couple of interviews and um and like some forms and stuff that you sign and and like yeah just they want to know what you're about some surveys and that sort of jazz but um there was a lot of clubs that weren't interested at all and um i got invited to the national combine so that was good and, and i ran a good beep test um so i think that sort of helped me out a fair bit um but yeah the the doggies they actually were the last ones to come and knock on the door and um actually had a huge dog at the time and he was pretty aggressive and he he made the selectors shit themselves when they came (laughs) to the door he jumped and barked and you can ask our now ceo meet baines but yeah he um he had a fright but yeah i think draft day i i tried to keep it pretty chilled yeah i had a lot i had family over um i actually went to a mates and just had a swim and and cruised around um and then yeah had had family come for the night and we actually didn't have foxtel so i couldn't watch it and we tried to stream it um on on my sister's laptop but yeah for some reason it just kept replaying the top 20 um and obviously i wasn't a part of it so i'm like fuck this let's turn this off so yeah switched it off got sick of seeing bloody patty mccartan and that um turned it off and just had the radio going and it just by chance sort of there was a breaking conversation at the family and you know they read out like player number whatever i was and then caleb daniel um south adelaide football club and like family went crazy and um i didn't know who i went to so oh really yeah for probably 10 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. um, so i was just stoked and mum's sitting there crying i'm like don't cry because you're gonna make me cry and dad's just wrapped and then yeah just jumped on the on the laptop um <laughs> that we weren't able to bloody tune into um yeah and we just saw that it was like pick 46 how good that uh, daniel so to the doggies which was 
yeah blessing very exciting um so that was just to get my dates right that was the 2014 draft yeah was it so your first year was 2015 yeah we meet yep play play fast forward 2016 you're winning a premiership at the end of that year yeah when you got to the doggies like they weren't that good no, we, no, we yeah. actually, they had sort of one of the worst off seasons, I think, of history. They, yeah. you know, the captain left, um, Ryan Griffin, he went to GWS and, and the coach, Brendan McCartney, he, he left as well. So they did have, yeah, pretty average sort of off season and, um, Bevo came in and from, from what I've heard, it was sort of him that really pushed the selectors to have a look at me. Um, yeah. probably being someone who's of a shorter stature, yeah. I, I guess it's, um, yeah, it's really helpful for my game and and that sort of stuff to to have someone who knows what it's like being a short short he'd, player. He'd be so. claiming that so hard now. Oh, I don't know if he is. <laughs> He's probably trying to keep that on the down low. So <laughs> maybe edit that out. No. Yeah, definitely. Would. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but yeah, so they had a they had a pretty average um, off season. So they and they weren't too flash. I think they finished thirteenth or fourteenth or something like that in twenty fourteen, and then yeah flew through to 2015 and um we came seventh i think and played adelaide and they knocked us off in an elimination final um and i came on as a sub then i, I think i played 10 games and probably eight as a sub that year so <laughs> i was pretty glad they got rid of that <laughs> that um scenario then so at the end of 2015 what was like said at the end of that year was there anything really set out does anything stand out to be like this is what's going to happen next year or was it purely like you got back and momentum sort of shifted uh well we really we had a lot of opportunities against adelaide to to really play and play and win sorry and um you know that was probably the year that a lot of guys thought that we were a big chance you know we had bob we had matty boyd running around we had a few old elder statesmen that were in really good nick and and having you know really good really good years and we had guys kicking goals string i think tory dixon they both kicked 50 mm. um so yeah like we had we had a really good year and um yeah we're unfortunate we we didn't make out the most of adelaide i guess in the elimination final and we actually sat down and watched the whole game on the first day back um in review so every mistake was written down i think it was about a four or five hour meeting um so that was pretty hectic and i think just from then on it was just more like you know let's put that up behind us and we did create so many opportunities to to beat a team that was really flying at the time and um yeah so i think it was just from then on you just really worked your ass off to to play in the 2016 team and yeah was able to do that 2016 was you know like obviously i wasn't involved with the club but it's it is such a is it poetic? I think it is. I think mm, that's a good yeah, word. It was pretty romantic. Word. I think yeah. that was the word I was looking nice. for. Romantic. Poet. <laughs> that whole lead up, you know, like you had just made finals. You were eighth? Yeah, seventh, I think. Seventh. Yeah. yeah. You've had to, like, not many teams, I don't think, had ever actually won from there. Maybe one. Hmm. What are your memories of that first final series, I suppose? Because I remember there was a big part, I think, that really helped you was having the week off before finals. Like, didn't you guys had, like, a lot of injuries going into that first West Coast final? Yeah, we, we had a heap. Um, a couple of, like, we had a really shit month leading up to it. So I think we versed St Kilda and um, Mitch Wallace broke his leg in half. Mm -hmm. Like, Jack Redpath did his knee. I think we had 17 on the field, I think, through that. And then next week, like, that was a pretty sort of emotional day for everyone. Um, you heard Mitch sort of still cowering, like, 
sort of he's snapped his leg in half as we're walking down the race and you can hear it and we're going through our meeting and you can hear it in the background and things like that and i think that sort of helped us drive it a little mm. bit um then we i think we went to geelong and at geelong on a friday night and Libba did his ankle jackson mccray tore his hammy like pretty badly and we were down to yeah 20 18 men whatever it was and then i reckon we had another game Fremantle, we lost we got yeah pants and then yeah the week off and um liber had had surgery jacko was was going well with his hammy so um those two guys were able to come back for that for that final which was huge and there was no sort of certainties around how they'd go but um for them to come and play was was amazing but i just remember the being in the rooms at um subiaco and just sort of looking around and being like how good's this like um this is amazing and to be honest like it sounds super strange but i think being in the change room sometimes you can just feel like there's no way that we're gonna lose mm. and you just had that like which is weird it's eerie but you just had that confidence that you were just like if we play as good as we can there's no way that they're gonna they're gonna beat us and we came out and played really well and from i think yeah the moment that siren sounded against west coast and we'd won it was almost like why can't we mm. why can't we do that it doesn't matter if we're seventh or eighth or whatever it is we yeah we, we're a big chance it's huge it's yeah like you get i get goosebumps even thinking about it like yeah. i've been lucky enough to be a part of a team i wasn't playing obviously but i was a part of a team that was going for a grand final tilt yeah like even being a part of it you know as corny as it sounds you do feel like you, everyone's in on it like yeah. you're in on the journey even if you're not playing you're so happy for the boys that are and i suppose what i'm getting at here is I remember with the Giants, there was like a real theme of like the final series, like going into it, it was built around, um, it was actually, I can't even really think about what it was called, but it was built around this like Chinese methodology. It sounds so strange. Yeah, right. Of like, it's like a vase. Yep. And you drop the vase and the vase breaks. But what happens is when you build the vase back up, it actually strengthens the vase. Yeah. So yep. it's a lot more inspiring than I'm, I'm yeah, telling yeah, you. Yeah, but gotcha. I'll try and find the video of what it was, but it was yeah. really cool. And basically, it was saying the same thing. You know, like we've had so many people fall down, but when we come back, it keeps bonding and we're stronger and stronger. And that was like sort of like the theme throughout the final series. Yeah. Does anything sort of stand out? Like, did you guys have anything like that? Or was it more just the momentum of those wins? I think it was just, yeah, the momentum and guys, sort of some of the stuff that guys were going through to, to get and play. Mm. And like Lin Jong snapped his collarbone in the, in the West Coast game and then, yeah, like played the week after in a VFL premiership. Um, which is like honestly ridiculous and um, tape the wrong shoulder and that really was fooled the everyone. biggest so, boss move yeah, I've ever yeah, seen yeah, so yeah, you explain that but he he broke his collarbone playing the VFL grand final yeah and obviously team's going to try and target that so yeah. he's taped the other shoulder yeah it's um, I'm actually really close with Alex Neil Bullen who plays for Melbourne and um, I was sitting in the box and they were all running out and he'd obviously got you know told to, to get stuck into him and um I was like, I hope he plays really well today. Like, hopefully we win, but I hope Nibbler goes well. And um, and then he ran up and started whacking Jongy, mm. and I had no idea that he'd take the wrong shoulder. That's so good. Yeah, and I was so like, fucking prick. And then there was an all-in sort of thing, and you know, remonstration and stuff. And Jongy was actually acting like, yeah, he's like, he's oh, like, oh, oh, that really hurt. Like, <laughs> wrong, like wrong shoulder. And then he's taking marks. He actually won the best on ground. Yeah, but that—that's yeah. Like, and that's why 
with that game as well like i love um lin john and like what he's done but imagine if he actually got the chance to then play in the, the granny as well and well yeah he put back. his best foot forward and and unfortunately like he hurt himself against west coast and and that stuff but like oh yeah because he did come back yeah yeah but some of it's like amazing so yeah he um yeah he did do whatever he could so yeah i think it was just stuff like that like he's broken his collarbone he's come back a week later like liver like i said had angle surgery he was supposed to miss 10 weeks miss four or something jacko like a decent hammy like missed two weeks you know guys are playing with busted backs like moz had a broken back or yeah, something like that as. um you know a few guys had pop shoulders that they needed full ricos on at the end of the year and that sort of stuff sort of happens but yeah, it still takes a bit of courage to, to play through. It is a common thread, I think, of like teams that win flags. It's like using those negatives and like powering them into like a positive somehow. And like, you know, it's sort of like that us against the world mentality, yeah, I think. Absolutely. By the way, Kintsugi. Kintsugi. That's what that was called. Oh, okay. The precious well, art of scars. So nice, I'm nice. sure you looked that up later. Did you just Google it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so going in, you've, you've beat West Coast. Who was next? Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne after that. GWS. So that was the game I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. So that game, I feel like that game was nearly the grand final in itself. Yeah. Well, there's all like that's probably added to the rivalry, but there always there's always been sort of ever since I've come to the football club, there's been that you know, GWS Western Bulldogs. It's such a you know everyone hates everyone and and that sort of stuff. And um, yes, yeah, not everyone hates everyone, but there is that fierce competition. I think both teams really step up to play and um it is hard combative and that's exactly what you want in a final mm. series and um yeah like clay smith in that game oh yeah. inspirational like he, he's one of his closest friends passed away that week and he kicked four and had 30 i think and if there's one thing i know about it's clangers unfortunately i was always biting off more than i could chew thinking it's on when it's definitely not ripping that 45 giving it a crack and often it was an absolute disaster the good news is if your local club has had a recent clanger or challenge then you can win up to fifteen thousand dollars through the amy clangers for good competition in 100 words or less tell us how amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good that's amy.com com.au forward slash clangers for good t's and c's apply ko's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play afl here we go carlton versus melbourne with no ad breaks during play that is going to be an absolute banger last time these two uh, got together well not the last time when i was there i kicked three free versus swans live with no ad breaks during play exclusive in victoria and the hawks versus saints live with no ad breaks during play is going to be an absolute blockbuster it's a must win for both of these teams and don't forget the nba playoffs gee whiz they are going off at the moment so many big games to mention and they will be absolutely enthralling watch every game live with both eastern and western conferences live with espn on ko there's absolutely plenty of room for everyone so get on board with ko now also available on hubble just touching on the the giants um doggies relationship i'm not breaking any secrets here because i mm. think you're quite well aware of it but yeah. There is some serious hate there. Like, yeah. it's not nothing. Well, it actually might be personal. I'm not sure. But <laughs> they're, they're really, I, I honestly think it's one of the best modern day rivalries um, in the game. Yeah. Because as you look at it, like there was that big final before there was a situation, I know, with with um, Bont, um, I think, cleaning up Hainsey. Yep. Um, you know, I don't think that was meant to 
hurt yeah. him as much as it did. But there's just been a lot of things that just keep, you know, like coming yeah. up and it, it just happens. Toby Green nearly nook took your head off. I think he kicked Dalhurst in the face as well, like accidentally. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of things that sort of keep happening. Yeah, I think it just sort of sparked. I think we were both really, really young teams and um, I think GWS were really young in the league as well and they were trying to sort of establish themselves and they'd got, I think they got a couple of wins or their first win or something against us um, potentially and obviously we like you don't want to be the first team to lose to a team in mm. history. So um, we probably took that a little bit personally and then, yeah, it sort of elevated when, um, yeah, certain things happened throughout different games and, yeah, there's, it's not just been, you know... One-off. One-off yeah. incidents and, and stuff like that. I think, you know, before I got there, it was Gia's last game and, and a few of the GWS boys went after him and, you know, verbals and things like that. And, you know, he's a 30-plus-year-old guy and um, he's played 250 games. So, yeah, I think our club sort of felt like there was a little bit of disrespect and, um, mm. yeah, there's always that heated sort of moments yeah. in there. And it's good for the game. Like, it really is. But, I think yeah, it just doesn't... And it, not that it's about public people knowing this, but I think, you know, for example, Carlton Collingwood, these Richmond Essendon, they're historically big yeah. um, rivalries. But I know for a fact that this, I, I honestly think it's one of the biggest rivalries in the game, um, which I'm really excited about. And I know I'm penciled in this year for that game coming up for sure because it's just no matter where that team is on a ladder, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is very exciting. So um, you knocked that game off, which is one of the... That's been te- again. I make up a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure that people have said that could be one of the best games in modern era. Yep, confirmed. Confirmed. You played a massive. You kicked the. No, the I didn't kick the. Winner. No, not the winner, but you kicked the one to. I think I even. Think, uh, it was just on three quarter time, so yeah. um, I'm not going to say that I won it for us, but we may have, may have got momentum from that. It was a huge play. <laughs> it was a massive no, play. We yeah we and we came out to. I think everyone came out to play, especially. You know, there was a lot of errors and, and different things like that, just purely from the heat on the footy and, mm. and the contest at the time. So, um, yeah, and we kicked kicked away in the last, had a couple of goals, and I think they came back and maybe came within three points. Wow. And I think, yeah, we got a mark like right on the siren or right, you know, 40 seconds to go or something like that and, and had a shot. And, um, yeah, it was a very special, very special day. Fast forward the week later, you're in your second year playing in an AFL grand final what's that like um yeah amazing i yeah it was very obviously fortunate to to be able to play in it um and yeah play play a big role and and be able to you know go there and i suppose i had actually donuts in the first quarter so i had zero yeah did you really yeah so fun fact there if that, that ever comes into the decoy trivia. running well uh nah that was <laughs> not like my plan running around like a headless <laughs> chook i think so in um, serious though because like sorry to cut you off there but like that was something that really affected me when I was playing. Like, if I didn't have a touch in the first quarter, I'd nearly be like, "Fuck this, yeah, day's done." I was, and I know yeah. that's a shit way to think, but it, especially on a grand final day, what was going through your head? Oh, mate, there was plenty. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was unfortunate. I started on the bench. Um, obviously, in the granny, there's a lot of heat, a lot of tackles, so I didn't get on until probably a ten minute mark, and there was a lot more rotations in those days. So um, I came back off on I think the twenty minute mark, and you, without and stayed off, yeah, without yeah. having a touch. I had one knock on actually. So, I pay that to an almost. Yeah, almost. Um, <laughs> didn't count for the stats. So I was the one with zero at, at quarter time. And um, yeah, so, but yeah, to the coach's credit and stuff like that, um, you know, they actually said to me, like, you keep working your ass off, things will turn. Yeah. And it's not, you know, 
it's not all about touches and and stuff like that and i growing up as a kid you're like I want to have 30 in this granny and kick five you know um but it is like there's a lot of selflessness that goes into playing a team sport and, and that's what we all love about it so um yeah special day and you know playing sydney buddy franklin um the likes of yeah josh kennedy luke parker and stuff mm. like that um was yeah super special and just to share that moment you know we had bob who who missed the granny because he did his knee but to share that moment with maddie boyd and dale morris who have you know maddie boyd has played 300 or close to and moz 250 and um yeah to be able to share that with them was was extremely special and and guys that weren't a part of the actual mm. team like like gia um guys that had been stalwarts of the club for for so long um without having any success with 62 years between flags so um there was plenty of them yeah man it's it was you know for even just to someone who supports footy i remember that day it was just like it was huge. Yeah. So big. Was it 56 years? I think. Yeah, yeah, 56, 56 years yeah. without winning a flag. And yeah. it's funny how everyone loves the underdog until the underdog actually becomes good. Yeah. You know, like it, yeah. was, it was funny. Like I was like, yeah, I, you know, I like the dogs. This is before I was at the Giants. It's like, I like the dogs. They're cool. And then you won. I was like, oh, I fucking don't really like yeah. them anymore. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like pretty cocky. We were everyone's yeah. second, second team for so long. Yeah. And yeah, now who knows? Because I just do love grand finals. I actually was at the game. Yep. Does anything. And for anyone who's ever been to a grand final, this might sound so stupid, but when you're there actually watching it, and I was lucky enough to sort of be quite close to the ground, it it really is, yes, it's loud, but you can still actually hear things going on. Like, I was watching it just as a fan. Like yeah. pure fan. I think I'd been to Lister that year anyway, so I was literally there as a fan. Probably on the show. Might have been having a few, few beers <laughs> as well. And I was so close, and I could literally hear things like feeling like I was at a local footy game. Yep. What stands out to you? Like, is there moments... I suppose the game's always a blue any game you play, but is there like specific moments or things someone said to you throughout the game that really stand out and you think like, fuck, you know, we might actually have it here or is there a moment you thought, you know, might go the other way or? Um, yeah, there's probably plenty of moments both ways, I think. Um, obviously, like that Dale Morris tackle mm. and Tom Boyd kicking it from 70, like that's pretty special yeah. regardless. And I think he was cramping at the time and just got up and wheeled himself like Moz. Um, Tommy bought just his game that day was was so special um, because he'd had that sort of, you know, number one and hasn't lived up to his reputation and all that sort of bullshit that, that comes with sort of media and, yeah, scrutiny, I suppose, on him to have that day on the biggest stage um, was super special. And I think just his game, mm. the presence, like he's 200-centimetre giant. He's a big like, boy. Yeah, so it's just to have that presence at centre-half forward was, was awesome. But I think there was probably sort of a few moments that I don't know if it goes unnoticed, but like Shane Biggs is yeah, never 150. Forget. Yeah, never yeah. forget. The 150 efforts on the wing was pretty special. And, and then pick and finished. Yeah, but I don't think he got. A, he might not have even got a stat for that. No. Um, so like I said, lots of lots of selfless sort yeah. of stuff, but yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that that was crazy. And I think one of the boys, I was actually like when the siren went, like we were having a shot for goal, and I was like, set up, set up. Like there's no like we we don't know how long's left. And one of the boys was like, man, there's ten seconds left. Oh, and someone wow. someone had a shot, and then we were setting up, and they bringing out the kick out, and yeah, siren went. So that was pretty yeah pretty surreal, I suppose. What happens after a grand final? heaps <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you do like do you head you head back to i know i think it's the next day you head back to the club or something yeah but we're like what did you just do after that oh well that day is unbelievable like yeah 
you win it if you win it. Um, yeah. I don't know about losing it. Yep. Yeah, um, touch yeah, wood, I, I don't I can't know experience it as, as enjoyable. Yeah, but like unbelievable sort of. You do your lap and you get your medal and stuff, and that's pretty special. But um, I think just going into the rooms where it's just your support staff, your teammates, your coaching, like everyone, and you sing the song, there's a cup there, and um, you're pouring beers into the cup, mm. like um, best slash worst drink I've ever had. Um, <laughs> yeah. sh- champagne mi- oh, okay. mixed with um, mixed with Carlton Draft, I think, yeah. so or Crownies maybe. Yep. So they're, they're never too good. But We, we like bloke in a bar year. Oh, it would have been really good. Yeah, it would have been great yeah, then. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so that and we probably sat in the room for sort of two hours just still in our clothes, like game kit and um yeah and then you go out and do like a little parade thing and there's people singing and that sort of stuff and yeah say good day to the fans and you do a you have to go to crown and um have a dinner and, and stuff like that get presented and then the rest of the night's a bit of a blur and then <laughs> the next morning you're at the footy club um and it was amazing because there was probably 30 i think there was thirty thousand or something at um our home ground at Wynn right. oval so um yeah name gets called out and you sort of walk out and you're on sort of a podium for the fans and they're going crazy and yeah unbelievable and then we just went went to a local pub that sort of sponsors us and um had all that was a pretty special day had yeah. all like the old players and um your family and yeah support staff and stuff That's like that sick. so that yeah. was yeah that was awesome and being able like like you said it was my second year playing so not to say that it didn't mean as much to me because it, it meant the world to me but there's guys like i just remember giving my like my medal to gia just mm. so you could wear it and oh, he's like nah 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 and then sort of he's tearing up and it's like making me sort yeah. of emotional and then like Lindsay gilby's there and different you know guys that have played 300 games for the club that you know it was just special to see them have the enjoyment for it that's unreal man yeah yeah no i can i can only imagine what that feeling would be like but yeah there's nothing but i think just like jealousy of of that you know and i think once you have one you just want another yeah it is it's hugely like that and unfortunately for us like we just haven't been able to string it all together at this year. one time hopefully yeah 2021 going for it i'm feeling it fast forward i suppose what's transpired since then been playing some awesome footy mate, all australian bnf winner i'm not surprised are you yeah absolutely yeah um yeah it's a it's a huge surprise and obviously pretty humbling just yeah to be recognized as sort of one of the elite players of the competition but Mm. um especially sort of in a new role that is sort of foreign to to myself and and just being able to pick that up um sort of as quickly as i have been able to has been um really special and you know it would make it even more special just team success and and that sort of stuff i suppose like i love talking about mentality and like going into games thinking about things like is there something that you do that you can share with us that you think makes you a good player uh, mentally like mentally yeah like is it just is it just like momentum or like you know like as we said earlier like you're not blessed with um height or or like um a massive leap or anything like you realistically like you're a small player you've got an elite foot skills but that's not a talent that's hard work yeah is it just like is it just your mindset of just being, as we said earlier, like that never say, like never give up attitude? Is it something you've picked up along the way that someone's given you advice on or is there anything sort of stand out? Um, yeah, I suppose it's probably, um, you know, knowing that you've done the work, like never leave anything to chance, I mm-hmm. suppose. And knowing you go out, you do the preseason work, you don't miss a session, you don't, you know, miss anything. You, you know that you've done it and you know that 
that's going to hold you in good stead regardless and i think it's probably uh, being just free like being a free-spirited guy and mm. um whether that be playing footy and trying to hit a kick that you know probably isn't there yeah um sometimes you get fucking towed on but that's footy and like that's what we all play it for just to go out there and enjoy yourself i suppose so being able to do that and sort of being present at the time like if you miss a kick and it results in a goal the other way like who really cares yeah like it is gonna like it's gonna come up in your review but if you move on to the next one and do something good with the next possession or next thing that you do it's it's pretty it's forgotten pretty quickly so i, I love that man because i think for me like i always joke about this like hitting the 45 and shit but it, yeah. it honestly did give me nightmares yeah because like i was so paranoid about it and i thought well if i if i fuck this then i will never get a game again whereas yeah. i speak to someone like yourself and someone like sam doherty for example who he's so strong in his mind with he knows he's good he knows he's a good kick and even if a coach sprays him because i asked him about this one day i was like how do you just keep moving on he goes man at the end of the day like i know that i can hit this i know i'm a good player so like why the fuck would i listen to a coach yeah well it's all it it is almost like that but yeah. Bevo, like it's not like that yeah. but, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it is it's, isn't it like you have to like, just back yeah you have to just know like this is what makes me good even if i get sprayed for it I'm in the team to do this. Yeah. And there's like, yeah, we have a big philosophy at the at the footy club. It's like, what now? Like, regardless, you know, you've done something awesome. You've kicked a banana from the pocket on your left. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> giving a high five to the supporters over the shoulder. But um, but like, what's what's now? Like, what's next? You know, you could do something awesome or you could do something shit out. So mm. it's, you know, what's actually going to happen to bring your team to, to being really good so i suppose that's been instilled from the footy club and um we got a really great coaching staff that is like you know you play to your strengths like if it is you know take the game on jj take the game on yeah. when you run if you get run down like oh well we'll wear it sort of thing mm. if you miss a kick we'll wear it and i think that's that's a great mentality to have for for anyone yeah man i think it's a, it's it's a great mentality to have like not you know i know there's a lot of people that have been traumatized by like you know coaching getting over coaching these sort of things yep. but even when i got to um the giants as well leon was quite the same like and don't get me wrong if you don't have the skills he's not going to tell you to wheel into the corridor and hit a 45 oh, absolutely but like, yeah guys like yourself lucky whitfield you know i just sit back sometimes and be like oh my god like how did you just do it? he's just like wheels from half back on his left and we'll just put it in the middle of the ground yeah he'd, and, he'd be up there with the yeah, best kick in the comp yeah and i was just yeah. like wow that's like it's pretty cool and i think as a looking back now i just wish and to anyone listening out there i think it's just a massive thing to be like just fucking back yourself in that's it like just yeah like know that you're here for a reason like yeah. you're playing the game or you're doing it for a reason so you know like you said if you don't have the skills like there's probably not too many ruckmen who are going to back themselves in no. 45 meter 45 yeah. into the corridor but probably don't do it i'm probably not backing myself to take a hanger on or a big pack mark so yeah. I probably don't go for him, but yeah, like you're in there to do what you're good, you're good at, and what you got drafted for. So mm. just back yourself. I like it. I really like it. Um, fast forward now, man. The doggies, uh, Western Bulldogs. I really like the Western Bulldogs because I feel like it's just a really cool bunch of guys, like real swaggy. Yeah, you know, just like young guys, quite hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of tattoos. Bit. Couple. Cool, cool style. Yeah. What, what's it like being at the doggies? Yeah, it's pretty good. Like I said, we're we're a really young group, so um, it is like it's pretty pretty special to be around. I suppose like I'm 24 and like 
I'm in the oldest sort of yeah. echelon of players, so that's kind of strange for me personally. But um, yeah, lots of lots of style and um, just energy. Like everyone brings their own sort of personality and, and energy to the club, which is awesome because yeah, if you have a mix of personalities and and different yeah people, it's it's just such a good environment to be around. Yeah. That's awesome. What is what would you say your style is? Like I love your style. And that's actually probably another thing that we were chatting about earlier in our in our friendship now. We're like really good friends. Early days we were enemies. Acquaintances. Acquaintances. <laughs> and now we're really good friends. But in that acquaintance uh, to friendship model, yeah. Uh we talk a lot about shoes. Yes. And both massive um sneaker freakers would you yeah. say um what do you like to buy what's your style how do you get it is there someone that like you really base your clothing off or is it like that nba sort of theme like um i don't know it's probably bits and pieces pieces of both i suppose um there's a lot of guys at the footy club that are, that are big sneaker heads i, I who's like, the sneaker man uh well probably Paddy Lipinski, Tim English. Mm-hmm. Tim English has Tim English, like, big Tim. Yeah, he's um he's got really high end fashion. Wow. Yeah, like Amy Leon Door and Wow. Yeah, so he he really splurges as well. So That's um cool. get stuck into him if if you want any yeah. um sort of yeah, like So he goes the, he actually goes more the the fine dining. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a real fine diner yeah. and um yeah, so he he goes pretty hard and um he loves his sneakers and as well as just sort of clothes. Paddy Lipinski, um, Joshy Dunkley starting to come through with a, a few nice little dunks. Wow. Um, okay. Well, yeah, the Tim English yeah. one's really... It's jumped out. My yeah. up. I just wouldn't have picked him to be... He's into. actually... He's. I think he's trying to roll a new pair of sneakers every game this year. So we should have a little Bleachers Report kicks on his on his feet and also no, no, Paddy no. Lipinski's. Paddy Lipinski, he's a very handsome yeah, guy. Yeah, he's... Uh-huh, he's weird. T- yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, with the, the sneaker stuff, I just want to break this down a little bit because I talk about it a bit on the show. With, um, to give people context who don't get shoes and like they don't understand the, the hype around it, I suppose... I love buying shoes, right? But they're very hard to get. So as you'd know, you know they do limited releases. You're trying to get these shoes um, without a, a hookup. Yeah, they're quite hard to get. So I actually go on Facebook Marketplace a lot of time and buy my shoes off, you know, people selling them, some random resale or yeah. like secondhand or whatever. I'm yep. a bit of a shoe dealer. Yep, yep. Um, how do you get yours? Yeah, I'm like I'm. I'll buy them. Um, you go on like Grailed or something like that? Or? Yeah, yep. Or like you just enter the raffles and oh, stuff. Oh, you get the raffles, and, yeah. Um, I've been lucky I've won a couple. Um, I've lost more than I've won, yeah. obviously. But yeah, you always take the L's. But yeah, there's guys like at the footy club. Um, I actually, I've signed with Nike, so I'm, I'm pretty mm. lucky. They, they set me up with a pair of SB Habibis. So they, they retail for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm. I can't. I can't bring myself to on sell shoes. Oh, you don't want to sell. You don't. You can't get rid of them. Nah. So if I'm if I'm getting them, I'm wearing them. Like, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I, I, I can't keep them clean. Nah, you got to wear them yeah. for sure. But I'll still like I'm um, quite. Uh, I don't have a, a very uh, high budget for a lot of things. So I do like. I'll be quite big on trading yeah things. like yeah. i'll like i'll get secondhand stuff and i trade it for other sneakers like i'm That's quite a bit yeah i'm quite uh nifty yeah. in that um in savvy, that aspect yeah. so savvy that was what i was looking for yeah um what's in the collection at the moment how many do you reckon you have what's on the target are you sticking to nike now that you're a nike man yeah i'll stick to stick to nikes i think i think they bring 
the shoes that I like the most. Like there's the Yeezys and stuff mm. and I'm not huge on them. Mm. I, I don't mind the 700s and stuff like that. Yep. But um, more, yeah, more a Nike. But it's sort of a little bit unfortunate that I'm sort of such a small man that I can't quite like wear Jordans and, and things like that because I'd love to, but they just make me look ridiculous. Yeah, like I'm a bit clown, the same, yeah. so the, you, you can only wear them if you're like over 200 centimetres. 100%. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, at the moment I've just got – I've. I was lucky actually. Paddy Lipinski, he won a raffle for these um, waffle Sakai's, like oh. these, um, yeah, all white ones. So he won them, and I just sort of said, you know, I was looking for him. He won three. He he, got, he had two mates sent for him. Yeah, so he, him and two mates won, and um, yeah. So I was like, oh, do you mind if I buy them off you? And I was like, you can sell them for retail yeah. like, i don't mind but yeah and he was like no nah, mate like he just so he get, i paid him 250 bucks and he gave them to me well that's the thing that i think a lot of people don't realize with sneakers is if you win these raffles and um you buy shoes for 250 bucks you can nearly on sell them for double the price well that's the thing like it's he, an investment at the time it was i think they were selling for 800 australian wow 800 australian so um not like the most expensive but like still a decent amount of coin but he was nice enough to, to give them to me for 250 yeah, so nice that. we love Pat. yeah we love yeah Pat. yeah i'd liked him before i like him even more yeah now. yep uh mate caleb daniel outside footy what are you getting up to what's plans have you got anything in the works are you doing anything outside of footy have you got thought about that process uh, i thought about it a fair bit when i was a little bit younger i suppose and um like sort of i dabbled in some stuff at the aflpa do um and AFL Sports Ready, they do a business sort of mm-hmm. program that sort of leads you into just to doing university and knocks off a couple of years of uni. So I did that um, for business and, and I probably did two semesters at uni and hated it. Um, it's tough, man. Yeah, so – and it was just sort of mindless stuff and, and that sort of stuff. Like I felt like kids that were 10 to 12 would be able to, to do some of the assignments. Um, I, I t- I- I totally agree with that because they could, but then I still couldn't, if you know what I mean. Like, it's so easy, yeah. but it's like, I feel like university is obvious things, but putting a name to obvious things. Yeah, well, that's, and like the, the referencing and stuff, I'm like... I never quite understood the referencing, I'll one, be honest. I, one of our, I never knew how to get them, like, small. One of our assignments was literally, like, choose a, any store and tell us, like, what it would smell like, what music would play, what lighting would happen like it was consumer management or something like that and i'm like i chose a candle store i'm like it's not going to smell like shit yeah it smells good it's going to smell pretty good i get headaches i'm not going to i'm not going to have techno music playing yeah. like or heavy metal i'm going to have some you know ambient sort of chilled stuff the lighting's going to be nice and dim like but you had to reference who sort of came up with that and i'm like me when i was six years old and walked into a candle store like it wasn't you know that's the theory behind it so that sort of frustrated me and that was probably the last straw so no i can understand the (laughs) the the breakup with that it it is strange but i I do have massive admiration for people that can really sit out degrees especially while they're working or playing footy because it is a really monotonous 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 anyway it's whatever that is um process but yeah it's it's exciting i think we were chatting off air before about this whole like footy verse study thing sometimes like to be at the best you can be you actually have to just channel all your energy into one thing yeah and i think that it works opposite ways for some people as well that they need to have the time away and get away fully from it yeah and just not have to think about it so i think that was probably one of the challenges in the hub 
last year that you know you were seeing the same people same 45 mm. teammates every day you know it could be 10 p.m you're going down and getting your laundry and then walking back and seeing your coach or a teammate and sometimes you're just like i don't want to see you anymore. yeah i'm yeah. done like i'm over it so i think yeah there's it works both ways some people really really need the full energy into it and some people need half their energy and something else and, and that gets the best out of them so For it's sure. up to each other definitely man definitely agree with that this year a little bit of a bulldogs watch i just want to talk about a tidbit so i actually genuinely think it's going to be a very big year for the dogs can you give us a couple young guys that we might see featuring throughout the year that are coming in or a red hot insider trading tip uh well uh, there's obviously a lot of young talent like baz baz Lenka, which pretty good everyone knows about and he's, yeah, he's, he's been good. pretty good for two years but i think he's going to take his game a whole another level and he's doing stuff you know inside and outside that it's pretty special um Pavel lipinski which we've mm. talked you know about his fashion but his footy is pretty pretty handy as well um jamari ugle hagen um you know like you can't rush a full forward to yeah. to come and expect him to kick bags of five and stuff like that but he's been really impressive in his work rate and, and different things like that and i think another kid Lockie mcneil who, who played his first game he just shows some real excitement and mm. um yeah he, he provides us with a lot of pace but um, we're also really happy with Anthony Scott. He's a 25 year old bloke who's who's gone through, you know, VAFA and then VFL, and and now he's playing AFL. And yeah, he's come come in, and you know, he's got a really wise head on his shoulders, mm. and um, works his ass off for for everyone. Um, Anthony Scott. Now I am 99 percent sure this is true, but he is he from Trinity? Yes. Yes. So yep. Anthony Scott actually came up and played a game with the Neefle Giants as a top-up player really and from the reports like they were like oh we're looking at this guy anthony scott yeah um because tony scott he's mates with adam tomlinson yeah yeah so yeah. he was like coming up and playing with with the giants and i was like oh wow this is cool so this was in three years ago hmm. he played with the giants had a few games there now played pretty well and then ended up going back to melbourne i think the next year he did some work with richmond yeah maybe. i think he played I think in their he vfl team played with their vfl team yeah and nearly got taken to richmond there and now his third go he's played with the dogs and got taken like, yeah as, it, it's, it's pretty i special. love those stories yeah, yeah he went to, like he's he's done it all by the, the sounds of things and yeah that's pretty special i didn't know he played nefo and, and different things I like that that's so true. Yeah, i'm 99 um, sure that's true yeah anyway and he yeah he came up you know sort of the hard way we talk about like us getting drafted at mm. 18 and he's 25 and you know doing his dream now so um yeah it's pretty special and to like play at vfl clubs until you're 25 like i don't know if i'd be able to hack that i'd nah, probably man. try and play local or, or something like that get a little bit of cash but yeah i i credit to him and he's actually really stamped like his authority and how he wants to be perceived already on the group and he's only been with us sort of well he's been training with us but he's only been fully selected for like a month or so yeah that's huge i i really really respect those guys because I, I don't think that i would i could have done that you mm, know like being said no to for that long that's only seven years of funny yeah. 18 it's like fuck it's a long time yeah um but yeah all credit to him he's you know i'm yeah absolute rap for him and for more reports absolute awesome dude even though i have met him before yeah <laughs> um mate what's next for you what's what's your life looking like do you plan goals have you got any like short term for this year versus long term um what do you do do you sit down and write in your diary no um yeah i, I actually really struggle with goal setting um it's saying that I've never been never been good at besides obviously being like young and being like I want to play footy yeah like that's but 
that's every kid's dream when they're you know playing footy and um but yeah I'm, I'm pretty average at goal setting so haven't really set too many out and um personally probably just to buy a house and mm. establish myself in victoria i'm from adelaide originally so um to be able to do that and um you know be stable enough there and then i'm not like yeah i'm not massive and, and probably in a football sense just becoming more of that older head and, and helping young kids and, and being that leader i suppose within our group you know whether it be on field with the roles and responsibilities and stuff or or off field and and you know enjoying each other's company and different things like that so yeah i'm not not huge on goal setting but i would like to um, actually be able to do it maybe a goal to get better at goal setting that's yeah that's actually come up a few times <laughs> Keep putting it away. I never really did goals like when I was playing, and that probably showed a lot. But <laughs> I think post now, like I love thinking about shit. Like I always, I have so many fucking goals that like I get them mixed up. So mm. like I've had to like put a list of like short term goals, medium term goals, long term goals. So like what's happening in the next few weeks, what's happening in the next year, yep. then like the ten year yep. goal. Um, and I found it being so beneficial i wish i did it when i was playing but look i'm not going to tell you how to do things because you're obviously doing things quite well um as it is mate but uh yeah honestly thank you so much for your time today bro i really appreciate as i said massive fan of of your work not only you know as you as a player but i respect the grind i respect the hustle the way you go about it um so excited for this year for you personally and the dogs and yeah just absolutely blessed to sit down and and hear your story i love coming in thanks mate thank you cheers If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Oliver Cheeseman, he says, Do you think you would... Do you think you would have ever had the confidence to progress into the player you are today if not for Dill allowing you to have 14 touches and a goal in your debut game after coming on at three-quarter time as a sub? Now, we did clarify this, Oliver. He played a half, okay? So it's not as it's not, it's as, not as dominant special. as you think. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, we touched on that earlier. It was pretty, it, no, it was pretty nice to, to come on and be able to have an impact and, um, yeah, like I said, not get absolutely bashed by yeah. by someone and actually get, I should have maybe I should have bashed you yeah. better. maybe but who knows then I might have came out and had 20 tried yeah. a lot harder, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, who knows <laughs> I think Oliver Cheeseman's being a little bit of a, a little cheeky Oliver cheeky man <laughs> and there's plenty more where that came from if you'd like to learn more you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan friends or you can head to the link in the show notes Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. If you liked the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends Podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with 
with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.